This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to welcome back Dr. Tony Payne. Tony is the founding editor of Matthias Media and also the ministry trainer and writer in residence at Campus Bible Study in Sydney, Australia. Is that all on your business card? I have to ask. Oh, I've got an enormous business card. So this, is, this is it here. Right? So I've, I've got to hold it up for you. No, on no, the front and the back. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> He's also written numerous other books and ministry resources, including The Trellis and the Vine, The Vine Project, and currently publishes an online blog and podcast called The Painful Truth, which I highly recommend. And if you're listening and you're involved in church work and you've not read The Trellis and the Vine, let me go back and just put a plug in there. That book is fantastic. So Tony, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here with you again, Champ. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. What passage do you have for us today? A couple of verses that uh, have meant a lot to me over the years and were quite um, instrumental in, in changes in my life. Uh, in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, or we, oh, that's right, we say 2 Corinthians in Australia, you say 2 Corinthians, don't you? So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, <laughs> verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So this verse is talking about the love of God and that it's doing something in the life of Paul, the apostle. And mm. you said it constrains or compels. What was the word you used? Uh, in my particular translation, I'm just reading ESV at the moment, it says controls. But yeah, you're right. It's constrain, it's compel, it's kind of, we might say it drives him. Um, and he's saying this in response to some um, kind of doubts that the Corinthians are having about him. In the earlier mm. part of the passage, um, he's trying to explain himself because uh his relationship with the Corinthians is a little bit kind of tense. Mm -hmm. um, and in particular, some of them are worried about his rather extreme behavior uh, because Paul is an extreme guy. He's an intense guy. Um, and he's been telling them about all the things that have been happening to him. And they know that he's been in prison. He's been shipwrecked. He's been captured. He's been flogged. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's lived an extreme and almost fanatical kind of life. Um, so much so that they, some of them, I think, perhaps even think he's a bit out of his mind. Uh, but earlier in the passage, he says, look, if we're out of our mind, if, if, if we seem a bit crazy to you, um, it's because of this. It's because the love of Christ is driving me to live a certain way. And that's what the verse goes on to explain. So he's explaining his motives, why he's acting the way he is. He's explaining Precisely. why he is treating them the way he had. So then you said it goes on to explain more. So let's go there. How does Paul unpack that motivation further? Well, he talks about the love of Christ. It's the love of Christ is what drives him and kind of almost gives him, it almost gives him no choice but to act a certain way, he hmm. says. Um, but then when he explains why that's the case, this really surprised me when I, I read this and understood this for the first time. Mm -hmm. Because he says, this is what the love of Christ controlling him means. This is why it controls him. He says, one has died for all, therefore all have died. And 
this opened up a new angle on what Christ had done on the cross for me that I'd never considered. I mean, we all know the fact that Jesus died for our sins. That, that's what he did on the cross, right? He died to take the punishment that our sins deserve. And because that punishment fell on him, we get to go scot-free. We get to have our sins wiped away and forgiven and as if they'd never existed because he took the punishment. But this verse says something more than that. It doesn't just say that he took the punishment for us, like as a substitute. It says that when he died, we died as well. That he didn't just die for me in my place. He died as me. That when he died, I died. It's, it's like I was there on the cross with him, suffering the punishment of God him doing it for me as my representative, that when he died, that was the death that I deserved. And so I died as well. And that makes a massive difference, champ. It means it's not that Jesus takes my punishment and so I'm now free and forgiven and I have a ticket to, to heaven and I can kind of just get on with my life now. It means that my old life, the life that deserved God's judgment, the life of, of being a rebel against God, of not living God's way, of resisting him all the time, that that life is over, that mm. he died that death for me so that that old part of me and that old life of mine is now finished. And then the verse goes on, the reason he did this is that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And the reason this verse had such a huge impact on me when I first really understood it mm. um, quite a few years ago now was that it, it helped me realize that when Christ died for me, he set me free to live a completely new life, no longer living for myself. Hmm. Because that old part of me, that old life, myself was dead, died on the cross with him. Now I lived a whole new life for him in his service, living for the one who, who for my sake died and was raised. So I'm thinking about movies that I've watched with my family that talk about, you know, you should follow your heart but I feel like this verse is actually saying something very different. It's talking about following a different identity altogether, not my own identity, but my identity is now somehow bound up with Jesus. So how does this verse help us untangle this kind of messaging that we're always hearing about following our own heart? Oh, sure. Um, pretty much every Disney movie ever ever made <laughs> has that as the main storyline if you just follow your heart. <laughs> but what this verse assumes about us is that our hearts are unreliable guides, that, that our hearts are worthy of dying, that our hearts are sinful, that our hearts are rebels against Christ in so many ways, rebels against God. And, and we know that about ourselves. Um, if I followed my heart, it wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily lead me in a very good direction, champ, because I know what my heart wants, and it's a funny kind of heart. In fact, it's interesting, uh, Martin Luther once said that the problem with the human heart is that it curves back in on itself. And this is so often the case that our heart, rather than going out to others, loving others, loving God, lo doing the best for others, it's always curving back in on what we want and what's best for us. Uh, and following our heart means eventually doing what we think is best for me, uh, which is not only just the heart of selfishness, but it's, it's always sort of tragic in its consequences. Um, and what happens here in this verse sort of beautifully is that by that old heart dying, by dying with Christ on the cross, we're liberated to live a whole new life. In the, in the following verses, Paul says, you know, if we're in Christ, everything's a new creation. It's, it's a brand new day when we can live no longer selfishly for ourselves, 
but for him and through him, by living for him, we also live, of course, in love for others uh, as, as our hearts no longer curve inwards, but flow outwards. Tony, these verses really open our eyes to see that the gospel is maybe bigger than we thought it was, that it's more than just forgiveness. It's that and something deeper, something to do even with our identity in Jesus. So thank you so much for pointing us in that direction. As we seek the Lord to learn and live this out more, would you just pray and ask him to help us do that? I'd be very glad to, Champ. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the death of Jesus. It not only pays for our sins, dear Father, but on the cross, Jesus died our death so that that old rebellious sinful part of us could could finish and die so that we could start a whole new life, a life living for you and loving you and loving other people. Heavenly Father, we pray you'd write this truth on our hearts and help us to understand it and grasp it. I pray you'd help us to understand just how freeing and liberating and wonderful it is to start a whole new life living for Jesus, for the one who died for us and was raised again. Father, change us, we pray, through this word, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.